I'm very much of like the mindset. I don't want you to struggle just because I struggled in a certain aspect. I want to make it easier for you. I want to make it better for you. I know how it made me feel. So I want to not have you experience any of that. Welcome back to That Vet Life, a podcast for veterinary mentors and mentees. My name is Dr. Mariah McCauley, and this week I am talking with Dr. Sydney Pokard about her mentorship experience and her first job. As a 2016 graduate from Western U's Vet School, Sydney is currently working relief as an exotics and ER veterinarian, but her other passion in life is mentorship. In this week's episode, I talk with Sydney about her first job out of vet school and how she set herself up for success with mentorship and how you can do the same. So regardless of if you are a vet student, a new grad, or even a veterinary mentor, you won't want to miss out on this episode. So with that, let's jump in. All right. Well, Sydney, welcome to the show. I am beyond excited to have you. I've been following your content on Instagram for a while, and I know you have such a heart for mentorship, such a heart for reaching out to the next generation of veterinarians, specifically veterinarians who want to be exotic vets, which is so awesome. But as you can see, I'm just I'm bubbling with excitement here. But I just wanted to say thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I am seriously looking forward to this conversation because I love hearing people's stories, especially when it comes to mentorship. And in a recent poll that we put out on Instagram, I asked people about their mentorship experience and you said, hey, I had an awesome mentorship experience. And that is what we're going to talk about today. So diving right into things, we're going to go from where you started after graduation, which you graduated from Western U in 2016, so not too far away. And for you, tell us a little bit, like, what is your story arc? Like, where did you start out after graduating? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, I love mentorship. It's so important. I'm super passionate about it. And I love to kind of pass it on to the next generation. So when I graduated in 2016, and thanks, by the way, for saying it wasn't too long ago. <laughs> it wasn't that I long ago. I feel like it was a long time ago, but... I went straight into practice. I went straight into private practice, exotics, and small animal GP. I knew the traditional like internship route was just not right for me in terms of lifestyle and where I live. It, it just wasn't going to work for me. But I still, I knew that I needed to find somewhere where I would get the mentorship that I needed and wanted and, and everything. Cause I do feel like it's a really important time. You hear everyone saying like, it's so imperative to get good mentorship once you graduate, because then that kind of forms who you are and how you are as a doctor into the years. So especially that first year after graduation. So that's what I did is I made sure that I was going to be in a situation where, although it wasn't a formal internship or anything like that. It was a full-time associate position, but that I would still get the mentorship I needed and I wouldn't just be like left alone to figure things out on my own. And was that something that at, when you were in vet school, they were telling you, hey, look out for mentorship or specifically even calling it mentorship? Or was this something that you came about through your own personal experiences? 
Kind of both. The faculty definitely put a focus on that and did tell us, hey, you really should be looking for mentorship experience for some type of mentorship once you actually graduate, get into a program, if you're not going to go the internship route. It kind of was like this, either do an internship or go into practice with mentorship. And so it's a little bit more obviously like complicated than just those two options basically. But I also had just mentors throughout or prior to vet school and throughout vet school that were not associated with like the faculty at my school. So they also were recommending to me and helping me find practices that would align with what my goals were and also be able to provide me the mentorship. Okay. No, that's awesome that you had that type of encouragement from your actual vet school. Because so many places, yeah, they talk about having a mentor or having someone who's there to teach you, but they're not really calling a mentorship. They're not putting an emphasis on it. So that was like good on Western U to be doing that even back in like the early 2010s, 2015, 2016, when you were in vet school. Um, So you were looking for mentorship in vet school and you had some mentors that were outside of your vet school experience that were encouraging you. So what were some of the conversations that you had with this first practice surrounding uh, mentorship? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the things that we talked about prior to me actually starting was, well, is there a formal mentorship type of program? And if not, what can we make or how can we structure things? Because I didn't want to just go in to a practice that was going to tell me, yep, you will get mentorship. We're here for you whenever you need, but then still kind of leave me on my own and not actually allow me to have someone to go to for everything or someone to walk me through certain things or help me in surgery or whatever it is, you know, basically just like this empty promise of, yes, we provide mentorship, but not actually have any kind of structure. And there wasn't anything formal there, but what we kind of agreed upon or came up with was that we would take things in sections. So for my first three months at the practice, we would handle things a certain way. I would have another doctor, always at least one other doctor working with me, but I would have multiple other doctors available to just be there as a mentor to come in to do surgery with me if it was something complicated or something I'd never done before, um, to walk me through anything I needed help with. And then we reevaluated and reassessed things kind of every three months in terms of then what did I need more of, what did I need less of in terms of handholding or, you know, that kind of thing. They were very open to making sure that I had some structure and we just were able to agree upon kind of how then to proceed as the months went on. Because there were definitely some things that I would say when I graduated, I was really confident. I felt really practice ready. And of course, there's so many things that you don't know and that, you know, I'm still learning even to this day, but I felt very confident in myself and where I was at. So there were definitely some things I was like, Hey, I feel really good about this. I'll still probably ask you questions about this case, but I don't need as much handholding on that. But there may be another subject where I'm like, Hey, I would really like a little bit more guidance on this end. 
And another thing we would do is also go over cases at the end of the, the day and weeks so that I get feedback on specific situations too. No, I love hearing every single little bit of this. And this is stuff that I talk with mentees and vet students about all the time about like, okay, you want mentorship, A, what does that even mean to you? What does that mean to the practice that you're coming into? Do you align on what that looks like? And then what are the different aspects where you think you like this mentorship will look like um, with surgery, with cases, with spending actual physical time with your mentor talking about these things? And also like, when are you going to reevaluate it? Because as you mentioned, Things change. You grow in your knowledge and your skill and your confidence. And so something that you needed hand holding on on day two at month three, you really don't need it anymore. And so how do you communicate that to your mentor, to the team surrounding you? Because it's not just the mentor that's teaching you. It's the entire practice that's kind of there to help you along your way. And so it's just really awesome to hear that you put those things in place with your practice, with your mentor, and that you had that conversation at the start, and then you reiterated it as you went through your first year in practice. And I'm kind of curious, is this something that you just had a verbal agreement on, or did you write this down somewhere? We did write it down. However, another kind of layer is that I, the practice I ended up working for, I did know them prior to vet school and throughout vet school kind of maintained a relationship with this practice. I didn't work there necessarily when like prior to vet school, I wasn't working there, but I just, but I knew them. And so there were some things that we discussed, we agreed upon. It, not all of it was like in an official contract or anything like that because we knew each other, but it was something that still we stuck with. I would just say, you know, if anyone is going into a situation, obviously, where they don't know who they potentially already working with, it is still important to have it written down and, and be in the contract and be something that can also still be fluid and, and have changes. But yeah, so it was kind of like both. We discussed things and and we wrote some stuff down. Yeah, I think that is super important. And just for these people that are going into practices, because one of the major pitfalls that I find listening to people's mentorship story is the whole thing of, I was promised mentorship and then it never happened. The whole empty promises situation, totally. which everybody gets burned in that you have a bad experience. You don't stay at the practice. They lose an associate. They lose money. They lose their confidence in having a mentor, a mentee. Like no one wins when that happens. So Regardless of whether or not you get this like solidly in your contract, having some kind of conversation written down and saying, these are my goals as the mentee, this is what I'm expecting to happen. And then having the mentor also say, this is what I think you should be able to do at this point in time. Kind of like one of the questions can be if you're in a pro-sal type of uh, contract to say, when do you expect that I will actually start making production? Because here's the truth you probably won't make production in the first six months. It's okay. It's okay. It's expected. So just having conversations like that so that you can be set up for success, the practice can be set up for success. And then also, if they have a big win with you as an associate, they're more likely to bring on another mentee, another new grad, which is great for the profession to have a constant cycle of new vets in the practice 
as well as having older, really experienced vets, because then you have that mentorship culture where everyone's able to teach someone new, learn new skills, and it keeps your viewpoint afresh because you're not just stuck in your way of this is how we do it and this is how it works. You have some green thumb coming in being like, this is what I learned in vet school and kind of rocking the boat a little bit, but also just when you're constantly reminded to take a step back and look at things from a different perspective, like you're going to become a better veterinarian, regardless if you've been out 30 plus years or not. So that's my little soapbox. No, I completely agree. And it's really nice to, because it's sometimes interesting to navigate when you're new, but you've just come out of vet school and you may have a mentor that's been doing this for 30 years And you're like, well, but I learned this and have that mentor be open to hearing what you just learned in vet school and like different ways of doing things. And I'd had that. My mentors were really open to things. I actually taught all of them how to do an abdominal ultrasound, how to do like a fast scan or point of care ultrasound, because that's something that they didn't get necessarily in vet school or it wasn't a huge focus. And When I came out of school, I was like, I really want an ultrasound. I really want to be able to do these things. I think it's really important. And it'll also just add so much more to our patients, the practice in general. So there are a lot of conversations like that of, hey, this is what I'm used to doing in vet school, or this is what we did. I think this could be a great thing for the practice. And let me teach you what I've learned. So it was kind of both ways. Like there were certain things that I was teaching them, which was really cool. And it was really awesome that they were open to that. And there was not like an ego type situation. Now, just before we get on with the show, a quick word from our sponsor, which is the Thrive community from us here at VEDEX. If you're struggling with managing time, feeling like you're an imposter or burning out, then you need to make a change. The good news is you are not broken. You're not a bad fit for the profession much more likely you are missing some super important foundational skills no one is teaching at university. Skills that you will learn as part of our VETEX community. The Thrive community is a race accredited professional skills course where members receive training, toolkits and one-to-one coaching to develop these skills. So join hundreds of other vets who've changed their careers for the better as a Thrive member. To learn more and find out if the class is a good fit for you, Visit vetexinternational.com today. Now back to the show. So I hope you enjoyed part one. Now we're going to get back to part two of that Vet Life podcast. Over to you, Mo. And that is something as well when you're looking for a mentor in a new practice is how do they respond when the way that they've been doing things for 20 years is not necessarily being challenged, but being reviewed in a way. Because one of the truths about veterinary practice is it is just that. It is practice. And something that you learn to be gold standard or like the Bible one year, the next year they're going to have a ton of research that says, "Mm, maybe not the best choice in these particular situations. Mm -hmm. And just being open to that renewal of information and new research is very important as a doctor, as a practitioner, as a mentor. So looking for mentors that are 
excited to see the new information coming out of vet school, not in a, you're going to teach me all the new things and I'm going to toss out my old ways, but that it is going to be a melding of the old and the new um, to bring their practice to a new standard. That is kind of the open book that we're looking for. And as we're kind of talking about this whole turnover of new veterinarians, when you went to your practice, were you one of the first new grads they had taken on or did they have a pattern of bringing new grads through their practice? They actually did have a pattern of bringing new grads through the practice, which was really cool. So it wasn't like I was the only new grad they've ever had or anything like that. They knew how to navigate things a little bit in terms of that, which was, I think, good and good for me. So when I joined the practice, everyone was kind of from a a different generation, which was kind of cool. It was like my boss who had been in practice like 30 years, and then the next associate who had been in practice like 20 years, and the next associate who had been in practice like 10 years. And They just had an associate that was there that decided to take a different path. So she left the practice, which is then when I came on. And throughout my time there, we also hired another new grad. So a couple years, like three years into me being there, I was able to mentor. That is so cool. Another vet as well. So yeah, it was definitely like a full circle thing, full circle experience and lots of new grads and lots of actually Western U students coming through the practice and rotating through the practice. So it was a very mentorship-friendly, mentorship-heavy practice in general. That is so cool. And that is the kind of thing that I love to see in practices Um, and is a good question for students when they're going into their first job is, have you had a new grad before? When was it? Can I talk to them, find out what their experience was? Because there's pros and cons, like maybe they didn't have the best experience or maybe they had an awesome experience because then you can bring that back to the practice in a way and say, all right, what have you improved since you had your last mentees? And also like, where are they now? Not in a, oh, if they left, that's a bad sign, but also what is their mindset on growth? Because uh, I mean, from my own personal experience, I landed in a practice where I'm still there. I'm on my third year. And uh, there was a talk at the very beginning because they knew I was a new grad. I didn't really know what my exact trajectory was going to be in vet med. And I remember my mentor saying, regardless of where you end up, I want to know that I gave you a solid foundation and a solid base. And like, even if I left that practice, he still wanted to take me on as a mentee because he knew he could teach me so much and watch me grow as a vet. And I was like, dang, this is awesome. Like, that's what I wanted in a mentor. And that's what made me go to that practice, assign that contract and stay at that practice thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say like that's going to be everyone's experience, but looking for practices that maybe you do have a goal of getting a good solid foundation and then spreading your wings or going somewhere new, or maybe you do plan on being there, but two years down the line, you're like, actually, I found my heart in urgent care, or I found my passion in pursuing a board certification in internal medicine. And for them to say, you know what? We've taught you a ton. Now let's go see what you can do at the next place. That is a really encouraging type of culture to be in. And I'd highly encourage new grads to look for that in their first jobs or in their next job. And that was a little bit of a tangent, but 
<laughs> we went there. But it's so true because I think that you can sometimes get into a situation where you have a great experience, but that practice may want you to be there forever and, and take over and be, you know, that kind of thing, which is great. And that's not bad at all, but it's not for everyone. So to still be able to get that mentorship and maintain a good relationship with those people, even if you leave the practice or even if you're going in another direction, like that's so awesome that your mentor said that to you. And like, what a great feeling. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. I remember him saying that and just kind of being like, whoa, this is way beyond anything I expected. And to be fair, like that is the type of mentorship that has continued over the last couple of years. And to also like the mentorship has changed and just as it did for you in those three years that you were at that practice. So let's talk a little bit about like you said in the very first year, you guys were reiterating your mentorship clause essentially every three months to say, I don't need handholding on this anymore. Let's focus on that. Um, you were doing case discussions at the end of the day or at the end of the week. And so do you feel that in those first three to six months, you had a lot of touch points with your mentor, like they're constantly checking in on you, seeing how you're doing, seeing what areas of vet med you want to grow in, because you can't just focus on everything at all, all at once. Right. So it's trying to figure out, okay, this month we're going to do dentals and next month we're going to do ultrasounds or something. But how did your mentorship picture or relationship change over those first three years? Yeah, so... Definitely the first year was the most like ease into things. And once I felt pretty comfortable with a good range of things, then it was, okay, now I want you to be able to do certain things, you know, see one, do one, teach one, that kind of situation. Or, hey, now we have this surgery coming in. We did this together during your first year out, now we have a second or a third one coming in. I'm going to have you lead the surgery. I'm going to have you lead everything and I'll just take a step back and watch or I'll just be there if you need help. So it was very much then in my like the second and third year, it was a lot more about like really complex cases or surgical cases that I may not have managed completely by myself, that I was able to take the lead on and still have someone oversee if I needed help or just to be there to help me and step in whenever needed. And because I was also doing exotics at the practice, that's obviously like a whole nother like learning experience in itself. You know, it's one thing to just get the foundation of small animal medicine and then to add the exotics. But that was my main love and focus and passion. And so then it started to be also managing a lot more complex exotics cases. We also did some large exotic animals at that practice and some wildlife. So then it was also, hey, now you get to take the lead on some of these cases where you come up with the anesthetic protocol, the surgical plan, this and that. And, you know, same thing. We'll just be on standby. And so that's how things kind of evolved to then by, so I was at that practice in total about five and a half years. So then by like my third and fourth year, my boss and mentor would just let me do things completely on my own for some, some things like, for example, this is not like in every practice, but we did a lot of big cat medicine. So like tigers, mountain lions. That's so cool. Things like that. So Whereas 
you know, obviously I'm not going to be doing some of those cases completely by myself on like a 500 pound tiger or something like that. But by, you know, third and fourth year where it was like, yeah, you're ready. You can do this. You can handle it. You can go dart an animal or do this, do the spay or do whatever was needed. So that was really cool to be able to also like, hey, I'm confident in myself. You've taught me well. And now I get to actually handle these big cases on my own. That's how it it basically transpired over the years. Now, that's such a cool story arc just to hear like, especially I'm thinking about these new grads who are like, okay, well, like mentorship. Okay, what does that mean? What does that look like? What does it look like today versus tomorrow? And they don't necessarily know to ask these questions because they don't know what's going to come, what's going to happen. And that's where we can step in and say, all right, this is what it looked like for me. I didn't know this is what it's going to look like. But then it provides that basis of what their expectations can be and the things that they can talk about with their mentors. So like you said, in the beginning, like you have a lot of touch points. He's really kind of there hand holding in a way. And then over time, you start to have conversations that are like, okay, I've handled this kind of case on my own, or I've done this surgery with you. I've done a, a couple of them. And now I'm ready to take the lead. And that's actually like in my own experience, what my mentor kind of did. He's like, well, we have this case is coming in. I want you to have the surgical experience. So I'm just going to be scrubbed in with you and you're going to do everything and be in charge of what you want to do. And he would add a couple points here and there as I was going through being like, do you want to throw your suture that way? And I'm like, yes, question mark. <laughs> like, are you asking me or are you telling me? So having those sorts of um, oversight is very beneficial as a new grad. But then you get to a point where you're just like, oh, yeah, I went and did that surgery. And they're like, oh, you did? Cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, just letting you spread your wings and, and soar, honestly. And that is what I feel like a lot of that students and new grads can look forward to or expect in those first three years, where the first year is very much like you have big brother looking over your shoulder, checking everything. And that is okay. That should be an expectation in a lot of cases, not for everybody, but in a lot of cases. Totally. And then year two, it's a little bit of that more give and take of, I'm ready to take this on myself, I think. Can you come and double check some things, but just be over there if I need you? And then usually like by the end of halfway through year two, even you're at that point where you're just kind of like, hey, I went and did this big, awesome thing. Can we go celebrate together <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> and maybe review some things if I have some questions? And it's really cool as a mentor, as you said, you've been mentoring some of these students who came through to watch them go through those stages of not even sure how to place a catheter type of level to, hey, I just went and did my first ex abdominal explore. And you're like, what? <laughs> you just, yeah. wow. And just celebrating with them. And that kind of excitement is, I mean, that's why I love doing mentorship. And I don't know what it is for you, but just getting to see that excitement and that growth and being like, not a, I did that type of scenario, but I got to play a role in watching this person develop as a professional and go on to do even more amazing things. It's just, it's freaking awesome, you guys. Completely. I love that about it also. And that anything I can do to mentor someone, to give them even a little extra that I maybe didn't have, or even more so, like, that just gives me so much joy. I'm very much of, like, the mindset I don't want you to struggle just because I struggled in a certain aspect. I want to make it 
easier for you. I want to make it better for you. I know how it made me feel. So I want to not have you experience any of that. Well, there's a certain level of, of just hard that everyone experiences, but I don't want to make it more difficult. I love watching the students or new grads do something that they're so excited and proud about because I think it also reminds me and humbles me at times where I'm like, I remember when I did my first whatever it was and how excited I was. And now, you know, you you don't always remember those little moments because we're so busy in the day. And but it's really a big accomplishment to then be able to celebrate with them. Like, even if it was something not as big as an abdominal explore, like just to be able to be like, yeah, that is awesome. You did that for your first this surgery. And that's amazing. No, absolutely. And that humbling aspect, I think, is really important for the profession as a general, just because we forget what it is like to be a new grad, to have that excite, like just being excited, like you fixed your first dog with diarrhea. Like, I remember when that happened for me, I was like, oh, my gosh, my treatment protocol worked. Woo! And of course, nowadays, I'm like, cool, their diarrhea is better. Awesome. Great. Like, it doesn't give me the same kind of excitement as it did the first time. But just remembering that they look at things a little bit differently than we do. They take a little bit different amount of time to process and learn these things. And again, it goes back to that whole thing where mentorship as a culture changes how the practice operates in a better way. So I think it's really good for a practice to take on mentees, take on externs, new grads, even if it's only a two doctor practice, like it's going to help you guys in the long run. And as you're talking about mentoring the new generation, I feel like this is the perfect time for you to talk about your social media and like how you are doing that for the next generation. So I know like you're doing like interviews for Western U and helping them bring in their new class, which, oh my goodness, they're already, I can't believe like it is fall. It's time to start thinking about vet school interviews, which blows my mind, brings me way back in time. But what are some of the other ways that, so I guess like first off, where can people find you on the socials? Well, I know you have a website. And then also, what are some of the ways that you are mentoring the next generation? Yeah, totally. So on Instagram, you can find me at Dr. Sydney underscore DVM. So all spelled out. And I do have a website, drsydneydvm.com. Basically, you can find everything through Instagram, though, in terms of I do a lot of, I'll post a lot of exotics cases, work through cases for vet students that want to learn, for new grads that want to learn, for veterinarians now that want to incorporate exotics into their practice, things like that. So my focus is definitely most heavily on the exotic animal medicine. I also have a focus on like, mental health and just the life outside of just being a vet and kind of navigating that as well. So I post a lot of content based on those two things. I have a free resource for people that want to get into exotic animal medicine that goes over like my whole path of how I got there, some of my resources that I love, and just like a general kind of guideline and overview of some helpful things. So that's on my website for free. Anyone can download it. And I'm also in the process of starting my first practice. So big celebration. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. So I'm very early on in the process. So that's why they're, you you know, for those that listen, this will be a little spoiler because it's not officially announced yet on social media, but 
my goal has always been like, my passion has always been to then have a practice and work there. But after like three to five years, be able to hire at least one new grad to where I am like just at their disposal the whole time to where I could be a mentor to them and essentially give back what I got and teach the next generation about exotic animals too, because there's definitely a bit of a lack of it kind of where I'm at. There's a lot of people interested in it and just not enough people that do it. So that is a little bit more of a more tangible way that I feel like I'm contributing to the mentorship, of course, at a, at a small scale, but... Hey, that's where you start. That's where you start. And that makes such a huge difference because it's that catalyst, essentially, where you do one thing, you want to help one person, they mm-hmm. go on to help another two or three, and it just explodes from there. So thank you so much for a being a mentor, also being a mentor in the exotics world, like, come on, we need so many more exotics vets. <laughs> I try my hand at it every now and then. And I'm like, I'm not cut out for this. I don't know enough. But I try what I can. But just again, like being a mentor out in like in your own practice, but then also out in the Vetstagram community. It makes a huge difference. So thank you so much for doing that and being there. Also, just thank you for telling your story here on the podcast. Uh, It's just, it fills me, me with so much excitement to talk with someone who is also just that on fire about mentorship. And hopefully this episode brings some positive feedback for someone who's maybe looking for a mentor, didn't have a great mentorship experience, or maybe wants to be a mentor themselves, but doesn't really know how to get started. So I feel like there's a lot of good golden nuggets for mentees and mentors in this whole episode. So thank you once again. And also like for anyone who's been listening, they're like, wait a minute, I don't remember what she said her socials were. Like, it's all going to be in the show notes, you guys. So as you're reading through, go ahead and go and follow her. You will not be disappointed. But thank you once again, Sydney, for being on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. It was a great time. We'll have to have you back shortly for future episodes because, as you know, we love talking about mentorship here. But for you guys who are listening, if you want to hear more episodes, you can hear the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Also through the VEDEX International community, you can get connected to some awesome mentors. So with that, I'll say toodaloo and until next time, y'all. Bye. And that's a wrap on today's episode of That Vet Life Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before you go, I have a quick request. Now, podcasts and communities, they grow the best and they grow the biggest when the members spread the word. So if you know someone who you think needs to hear this episode, or if you found value in this episode and want to share it, go ahead and share this with your friends. And also, don't forget to head over to vetxinternational.com and enroll in the VEDEX community for free to get access to a bonus version of this show. You'll also get some free swag and many, many other amazing benefits. Also, leaving a review of the show on iTunes would be greatly appreciated because, again, it just helps get the word out. But until next time, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of That Bet Life. <laughs>